Jesus, you're the wind beneath my wings. Sweet Jesus, you're my melody and harmony. Sweet Jesus, you're the eyes that I see through. Sweet Jesus, yes, I'm dancing to your tune. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our election of grace. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you that you are a Father who never fails us. We thank you for a contrite and a broken heart. We thank you for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding into all things. We thank you for grace to stay in your presence daily. We thank you that your will is being done in our lives. And we pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We thank God and really appreciate the gift of life, our opportunity to build and to make a meaningful contribution towards the, the household of our Father. And it's something that we should not really take for granted. So we are always grateful that God has qualified us to see another day. We thank you for Jesus. And I know by this time we are in the Easter mood. And we really want to thank God for Jesus. We want to thank him for the cross. We are continuing our study on for your safety, for your safety, which is from Philippians 3, the verse number one. Rejoice in the Lord again, I say rejoice. To write these same things unto you, for me it is not a burden, but for you it's for your safety. And Peter's rendition is, do you know these things? And you are already established in this truth. I think it is right that as long as I'm in this tabernacle, I should always put you in remembrance. I think even Jude said a similar thing in Jude in his letter, that as long as he had this opportunity, he's going to remind them about the common faith, though he knows they know these things. So remembrance is a very important thing. Last week, we looked at the remix version of Who Told You? And it was done by Benet. And this week, we are taking the episode, Why the Wilderness? And tonight, Benji will be taking us through it. So, Benji. Okay. Thank you very much for this opportunity. It is my prayer that at the end of the study, we are going to be doers of the word and not just listeners to deceive ourselves. All right. Bless God for such a wonderful evening and as Sam rightly said, tonight we want to consider a recap of what we studied earlier some few months ago. And the topic for today is a recap of why the wilderness. All right. Yeah. So the wilderness experience, as we looked at the last time, you got to understand that it's a very important season of the life of every believer. And we looked at the scripture in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. We actually considered the whole chapter. That's from verse 1 to verse 20. And you got to understand that the wilderness experience is very important. And as Christians, in one way or the other, it is a necessity that we ought to go through the wilderness because we are the children of God and once we are the children of God, the wilderness has become an experience that the Lord uses to prune and then also shape us so that we can become his mature sons and daughters. 
All right, so I want us to first look at a scripture in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8. So I'll read. All right, so the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee, and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Verse 3. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Alright. So the whole passage is up to the verse 20, but I want to look at the very essential and then salient points. All right. Yeah, so we looked at a little background about this scripture, and we looked at the Israelites, and we got to understand that when you read the Bible, you get to understand that the Israelites, after they had been in slavery for 430 years, Instead of even 400 years, they had to leave Egypt. And Moses, through God, came to the rescue of the Israelites. And as they were going to the promised land, Bible makes us understand that there was a much shorter route that they could have taken to get to the promised land. And that would have taken them just 11 days. But through a, a lot of things that happened through their stubbornness and a whole lot, they got to spend a hoping 40 years in the wilderness. More like they were going in circles. And because they were not willing to obey God or they were not willing to work with God, it made their journey to the promised land very tedious, very long. And they even ended up, or oh, the generation that left Egypt, it was only two people who were able to enter into the promised land, that is Joshua and then Caleb. And it's even interesting that the leader, Moses, was unable to get to the promised land. Yeah, God made him see the promised land, but he was unable to get to the promised land, which is quite fascinating. Yeah. So I want us to also read something from the book of Acts so that we get to understand why the Israelites were not able to get to the promised land at the appointed time that the Lord had wanted them to. And what happened that they elongated the time that they spent in the wilderness. So let's move to the book of Acts chapter 7, verse 23 to 25. All right, so I read, it says, And when he was 40 years old, I was talking about to Moses, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. 
For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. So this was talking about Moses when he began to have glimpses of the deliverance that God was supposed to give to the Israelites so that he would take them out of Egypt to the promised land. When you read the actual um, passage in the book of Exodus, you get to understand that Moses went to the Israelites and he tried to defend one of them. He ended up killing the Egyptian and he thought that would give him an approval to begin his conquest of saving the Israelites. But um, the book of Acts is making us understand that Israelites didn't have understanding that Moses was the one supposed to deliver them from the hands of the Egyptians. So even though God had given that prophecy that they were supposed to stay in the land of Egypt for 400 years, they ended up staying in the land of Egypt for 430 years. And it wasn't because the prophecy that God gave was accurate or uh, the writer didn't have its rights, but it was because the Israelites did not have understanding. Yeah. So they were not able to work with God and those with Moses to make sure that they set an appointed time for their deliverance would come to pass. Yeah. So it's expedient that we get to understand this thing that anytime we do not have understandings of the things that God wants to put in place in our lives, we tend to frustrate the plans and the orchestrations of God. Sometimes you might receive a prophecy and you, you get to know that what you were expecting is not coming. And it might not be that the person who prophesied to you is a false prophet or anything else, but you get to understand or you get to know that maybe it's because of a lack of understanding. There are certain things that you're supposed to do to make sure that the prophecy comes to pass. So if you are not working together with God to get that things come to pass, then it is going to delay the plans that God has for you. So we get to know that the duration that they also spent in the wilderness was because of their own deeds that the Israelites. So instead of spending 11 days in the wilderness, they ended up using 40 years. So I want us to look at the first lesson that we get to know from the scripture that we read. That's in the one in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 3. Okay, let's start from the verse 2. It says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thy heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. Yeah. So the first lesson that God wants us to understand, or the first reason why God would allow us to go through the wilderness is that God wants us to go through the wilderness to make sure that he humbles us and also to prove us and to know what is in our hearts. Yeah, so when we talk about Humility, humility also talks about teachability, being meek, that's your ability to remain under authority. And it's very, very important that we go through the wilderness. And when we go to the wilderness, we get that experiential knowledge. And there are some things that you cannot 
be taught theoretically. You have to get the hands-on experience. That is why even in some jobs, even though maybe you have gone to school and you have acquired the necessary knowledge that you have, but if when you get to the job, we have on the field or on the job training. Yeah, so even though you get, you have the theoretical knowledge, you need the hands-on experience to make sure that you function effectively. And one of the ways that God does this is to pass us through the wilderness. Yeah, so the wilderness that Israelites pass through is more like a typology of the life of a Christian. Yeah, so God is using this to teach us that as Christians, we are supposed to go to the wilderness. And the first lesson that he wants us to learn or why he made the Israelites go through it was to humble them. So we also need to get that anytime we get to know that we are going through the wilderness, God is in this to humble us, to make sure that he removes all forms of pride. Because if we allow pride to creep into our hearts, then we are going to become oppositions of God. And pride is one thing that you don't want to engage because God is actually going to oppose. The Bible says that God exalts the humble, but he opposes the proud person. Yeah. So when you enter into pride, not even Satan would do anything to bring you down. But it is actually God that is going to fight against you. And it's a very, very dangerous and a terrible thing to go into. So God allows us to go through the wilderness to humble us and to, to prove us and also to know what is in our hearts. And this is very, very important that as or in our previous episodes, if you've been a very ardent follower, you get to know that we really talked about this point, that God will always scan our motives to know the reason why we do the things that we do. Yeah, so if it is prayer that you are praying, the, the, the state of your heart is very important to God. So the Spirit of the Lord is going to search you to know why you are praying. If it is giving that you are giving, God will want to know the motives of your heart. Are you giving because you want to receive the plaudits of men? I want people to know that you are rich or anything. So anything that you are doing with respect to the kingdom of God, God is always going to test you and is going to try the state of your heart to know what is in your heart and why you are doing the thing that you do. So God uses the wilderness as a tool to sharpen us so that our motives and our thoughts aligns with his programming. And it's very important that we get to know this. So this was the reason why God took the Israelites through the wilderness, that he wanted to humble them, to prove them and to know what was in their hearts and to see whether they would keep his commandments or not. So when you read from the previous books of Moses, from Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers, there are times that the Lord was leading them by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. So they were going based on the leadings of the pillar of cloud. So if the pillar of cloud stopped, then they also stopped in the wilderness, irrespective of what was going on. If it moved, they also moved. So let's say even if it was in the night and they saw the pillar of fire moving at night, you don't say that uh, you are sleeping or it's bedtime, so you sleep, regardless of the movement of the pillar of cloud. You do as the pillar of cloud was doing yeah so god was just trying to show them that they should obey his leadings and they're not supposed to trust in their own understanding 
and it's the same with us. Just as the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 14 makes us understand that as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Yeah, it's very, very expedient that we don't trust in our own understanding, but we, we live our lives by the leadings of the Spirit. Yeah, and if we're able to do this, and it is, oh, we are very sure that we are going to pass the test of the wilderness. Yes, because we, we can't navigate our way through this life based on our own understanding or the intellect and the wisdom that we have acquired. And even the Bible makes us understand that the foolishness of God's wisdom is, is much higher than the wisdom of men. Yeah, so irrespective of how sophisticated we think we are. And when you look at the level of technological advancement that man has been able to invent or come across over the years, you would think that man has reached a certain level of pinnacle. But when you compare the wisdom of man to the wisdom of God, you still see that there is a big gap between these two between the wisdom of man and then the wisdom of God. Yeah. Because sometimes, even with all these inventions, sometimes you see men doing a lot of things and you begin to question things that men do. And it's, it's very sad, yeah. Because when you look at the level that you think man is supposed to reach based on how we have advanced, but then you're able to take some trivial decisions and you see that it's like what we are doing, it's, it, it doesn't make sense, yeah. So God wants us to understand that we cannot trust our understanding in this world and he is the only person who can help us navigate our way or go through this world. And the best way to do that is to live our lives based on the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So you made a very important point that the things in your heart determines whether you fail or you pass the wilderness tests. Yeah. So the motives in your heart will determine whether you are going to pass or you are going to fail the test. All right. So that's for the first point. And then the second point is in the third verse of the same chapter. That's Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And I want to read that verse. It says, And he humbled thee, and served thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knowest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make they know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. All right. So this verse is also talking about how God was able to feed the Israelites in the wilderness with what we call manna. Yeah, that's the right word, manna. And Bible says that the fathers did not know what it actually was. And even in the book of Psalms, um, the David said that the manna was the food of angels. And the second point that we made was that God did this to make them depend totally and solely on him. So in the wilderness, they knew that there was no way they were able to get food from anywhere because in the wilderness the sand or the land is not good for cultivation you can't plant something on the wilderness and expect to get a yield yes and then they were also on the move so you can't plant in the ways for some weeks or months to get the yield so the only way that they could survive in the wilderness was to depend solely on god because their number 
in fact was large. Some historians or some Bible theologians say that the number of people who left Egypt was about 600,000. So you can imagine feeding about 600,000 people. And this was just the number of men, not talk of the number of women and then children, plus their livestock and then cattle. And you know these livestock, each of them have the various foods that they eat. So you have to find all these foods for them. But God was able to supply the needs of the Israelites by providing for them manna. Yeah, and it's very, very important. God is teaching us that principle that as Christians, we, even as we go through our wilderness, we are supposed to depend totally on Him. So God doesn't need your help. Because with the manna, God didn't seek the help of the Israelites to make the manna. All they knew was that God communicated to Moses. So by the time they woke up in the morning, the manna was on the ground and they just had to gather the manna and then eat them. Yeah. So they didn't have to do anything to make sure that the manna had come. They didn't have to pray or they just had to be there. The manna would just fall from the skies and then they would gather them and then eat them. So God was teaching them and God is also teaching us that principle that we need to understand that he's able to provide for us no matter our circumstances that we are going through and sometimes the challenges and the things that we go through in life can make us forget that God can do these things or God has done these things before and he can do them again sometimes we tend to think that oh let, let me try maybe God says he's going to provide you money for your school fees and you think maybe you have to work before you get the money or something no you just have to trust a God God knows how and the ways he's going to do to provide your school fees for you maybe you are in search of a job and you think you have to cut corners you have to Maybe lie on your CV so that the job can be given to you, but God doesn't need your help in any of these things. And it's very important that we get to understand this because when you look at the life of Abraham that we used as a study, and God had promised him time and again that he was going to have a son, he was going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham, in an attempt to help God, he went to have uh, another son not with Sarah, but with Hagar. And that wasn't the son that God had promised to give him. Yes, God was talking about Isaac, and God was talking about Sarah going to deliver a son. Yes. So even this um, created that, or it made the, the coming of Isaac lengthen. Yeah, so Abraham waited for about 25 years before he had the legitimate son that God wanted him to have. So God didn't need the help of Abraham. God didn't want him to help. God wanted Abraham to trust him and to know that he can be able to produce or give him his son even in his old age. And even in the time that Bible says that Sarah's body was dead. So because someone who was the age of about 90 years, you expect that person to biologically not be able to have a son yeah but through faith they were able to have that son so god god wants us to learn this principle that as christians we have to trust in his word and we have to depend solely on him and the key word is total dependence yeah 
the keyword here is total dependence. You need to just rely solely on God. If God has said that He's going to provide it, what you are supposed to do or what God needs you to do is just your obedience. God just needs your obedience so that if He's leading you, you just follow. That is the only thing that He needs. And solely you have to just trust in Him. I'm sure you've heard of those of us who want to go to ministry. So maybe you've heard from a lot of the mighty men and the ministers of God, some apostles, some pastors, and some prophets, about how they started their ministry. And almost all of them, you get to know that they started from nothing, from the scratch. They started with nothing. So some of them maybe tried to say, oh, let me start this business so that I can support my ministry with it. Let me start this commerce or something but you get to realize that the, the commerce or the business that you want to start will fail so god wants them to understand that if it is his work if it's about the kingdom then he is going to do it for himself just as god promised abraham that god will provide for himself a lamp when he was testing him that he should go and kill his son isaac yeah so god expects us to trust is trust in him totally because Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Okay, so I want us to read this scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 5. It says, As thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. So this scripture is talking about the ways of God and he's saying that we don't know the ways of the spirit and we don't even know how the bones are formed in the womb of a child. Yeah. So does no one knows the ways of God. Yeah. So the ways of God are very intricate and they are very complex and you cannot understand them. If you get to understand them then he ceases to become God. And, and that is what makes him God. He is the omnipotent God. Yeah, so you don't need to understand how God is going to do it. All God wants you to know and then understand that you need obedience to just follow his leadings and then his promptings. And you're going to trust that he's going to bring to pass what he has said. So it's very important that we get to know that as Christians, the wilderness experience is a season that all of us are going to pass through. And as you go through that season, you are going to need that understanding that you need to depend on God, irrespective of the circumstances and the challenges that you find yourself in. Yeah, because if the Israelites had done this, then I believe they are, they are staying in the wilderness wouldn't have gotten to that far. Yeah, that's to stay in the wilderness for 40 years for a journey that you could have used just 11 days to go through. Yeah. So it's very important that we get to know this. That even as we go through our wilderness, we need to solely depend on God and trust that He's able to provide for us. Yeah. And then also, one thing that I want us to understand that we need to learn to believe God for ourselves. Yeah, we need to learn to believe God or we need to learn to receive things from God. And it's quite sad that a lot of Christians these days, permit me for lack of words, but I think most of us have been spoon-fed. Yeah, 
a lot of Christians depend on their pastors or we depend on prophets, apostles, evangelists for a lot of things. Yeah. So when you take the average Christian, you see that the understanding of the average Christian is very minimal. It's not up to Jesus' standard here. It's, it's very good that we acknowledge the men of God who are in our lives and we know why God has strategically placed them in our lives here. When we read the book of Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 10, 11, that it makes us understand that these men are captain that Jesus Christ gave to the body of Christ. And the reason why he gave them to us was not for us to depend solely on them, but they were given to edify the church to help the body of Christ grow into maturity. Yeah, but it looks like we have the opposites happening nowadays. And let's say as a church or maybe as a fellowship, most of the times you record low numbers for less when you recall for a Bible class meeting or a Bible study. For prayer meeting, maybe you might record some few people coming around. But let's say when it's a healing or a prophetic service, then the whole house will be full to pack. And they are even going to be overflows here. And it looks like we are being spoon-fed. So everything that happens to us, we are looking for a pastor, we are looking for a prophet, we are looking for an apostle. We are going around looking for word. Oh, Papa, give me a word. Mama, give me a word. And it's, it's very sad. And if we continue with this behavior, it's going to be very difficult for us to pass the wilderness test. Because that test is for you alone. And how long you, you stay in the wilderness depends on how you are able to flow with God. If you are not willing to flow with God or you are not willing to stick to the program that God has given to you, then you are going to stay in the wilderness for a long time. So you have to understand that the Israelites could have stayed in the wilderness for about, let's say, 80 years. So only two people were able to pass the test. And it, it took them 40 years to pass that test. So the whole generation that left Egypt was wiped out because they could not flow with God and then pass the test of the wilderness. So I just want to entreat us that we have to learn these things, to believe God for ourselves. We have to learn to mature. So it's not the time that you are going to have the pastor or the prophet or the apostle with you. There are certain things, there are certain battles that you have to learn to fight on your own as a Christian. Yeah, because God is expecting each and every Christian to mature and become a son or a matured son. That is why he's taking us to the wilderness. And the verse 5 said that he's taking us to the wilderness to chastise us. Another verse for chastise would be to discipline us. So just as a father disciplines his child, God uses the wilderness as a way to also discipline and shape or prune our lives so that we can mature. And even Jesus Christ, the Bible said that when he came to this world, he had to learn obedience through suffering. Or he learned obedience through the many things that he suffered. Yeah, so there were times that we saw Jesus Christ weeping. And there were times that we had compassion and hope. So we learned obedience through the things that he suffered even on the cross and his pilgrimage on this earth. Yeah. So God wants us to mature and we have to learn to receive things from God because we are not going or the prophets and apostles they are there to help the church to mature they are not there to spoon feed us to give us everything that we need 
and they are not there to give us everything that we need. There are certain things that we have to learn to know so that church, the body of Christ, would mature. All right. So the B part of the Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 talks about, says that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. This point is making us understand that even though as human beings, we, we are spirit beings, we live in the body and then we have a soul. And once we live on this physical earth, we need yeah, bread, we need to sustain us. And as we are also spirit beings, what also sustains our spirit is the word of God. Yeah. So bread sustains or food sustains the physical body. And then the word of God sustains our spirit. And what was written here was that man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So not just by the word of God but by everywhere. So the, the written word of God or the Logos, not just the Logos alone, but also the Rema of the word is what we need as not just Christians, but as human beings to survive. Our spirit needs everywhere that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So when you read from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, yeah, this is quite... It's a quite familiar scripture, but I want us to still read it. Um, it says, Steady to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that didn't know to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Yeah, so if we want or if we need to live by everywhere that proceeds from the mouth of God, then we have to be ardent students of the word of God. We have to be diligent students of the word of God. And Paul is admonishing us here that we should study the word of God in order to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. Yeah, because if you don't study the word of God very well, we are not going to get the understanding of the word of the Lord. And that is going to lead us to a lot of errors. So sometimes you get to know that people can be making bland statements from the word of God because they don't have understanding of what the word is trying to say. And if uh, scriptures is in such a way that if you take it out of context, you are going to make a lot of errors here. So that is why you need to be a studious student of the word before you can actually divide the word and also dispense it. Yeah. So I want us to, or I want to emphasize on the point that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Yeah. So not just certain portions of the Bible have been allocated to us, but every portion of the Bible has been allocated to us for us to study, to assimilate it so that we can live by the word of the Lord. So spending time with God every day is very, very important. Yeah, because we can have the logos, but if you you don't have the rema or it takes the holy spirit to give you the understanding or he gives us the keys to unlock the mysteries of the word of god so if you are not able to spend time with god in order to have that fellowship with him and then have that understanding then it will be very difficult for you to have the word of god in your spirit even though you might have the word in your head and you might be able to quote 
a lot of scriptures, you, you won't have the understanding to actually dispense or live your life by the scriptures. So it's very important that we spend time with God each and every day. That's the most important time of our day. That is spending time with God. All right. So the last point I want us to take note of in this um, university of the wilderness is that God wants us to guard against forgetfulness. God wants us to guard against forgetfulness. And I want us to read that in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 7. It says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of waters, of fountains, and deep that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines, and fig trees and pomegranates, and a land of oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest take brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he giveth thee. Verse 11 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his status, which I command thee this day. Yeah, so God warned the Israelites here and in the same way God is warning us as Christians that after we have left the wilderness we should guard against forgetfulness because the promised land has that tendency because of the the comforts that the promised land brings with it because of um, the joy and the ecstasy that comes with the promised land we are sometimes tempted to forget that God was the one who held us and brought us out of the wilderness. The Bible speaks of how or use the similitude of God bearing the Israelites on his wings, like an eagle bears his young ones on their wings. Yeah, out of the wilderness into the promised land. Yeah. And one prophet says that God delivered the Israelites by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Yeah, so when we get to the promised land, we have that tendency to always forget because of how cozy life can be. So maybe you can struggle in your life and then God can raise you up and put you in a very high position in a very comfortable life. And you get to a point that you tend to forget that it was actually God that brought you to this point. And it's very common with us as human beings. We are very, very forgetful. Yeah, and... That is the reason why we are um, doing this series. Yes. So that we guard against forgetfulness. It is for our safety. Yeah. So God wants us to know that principle. That's the final test. That we do not forget that after we have gotten to the promised land, we do not forget that it was God that brought us here and we still owe him that reverence. Yeah, we still owe him that reverence. So we have a lot of people, we have a lot of mighty men of God who... God used so mightily that it got to a point in time they, they thought it was by their own might and by their own will that they've been able to reach the heights that they've gotten to. So they tend to enter into error. Yeah. When you look at the scripture that I read, the verse 10 also talks about a very important point. It says, When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Yes. And I want us to 
link it to a scripture or a parable that Jesus Christ spoke of about a rich man in the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 20 yeah, about that man who had a lot of riches and then he was trying to boast about the riches that he had but in the end God had to take his life away from his hand let me read the verse 19 so Luke chapter 12 verse 19 and 20 it says okay verse 18 and he said this this will I do I will put down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods and I will say to my soul so thou hast much goods laid up for many years take thine ease eat drink and be merry but God said unto him thou fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided yeah so this rich man had a lot of riches and he thought it was by his might and his will and his intellect that he has been able to amass these riches but God took his life away from him because he did not acknowledge God that it was God that actually made him give him that ability to acquire all these things and it's the same with us that God wants us not to forget the things or the blessings that he gives to us yeah so after he has passed us to the wilderness he humbles us so that we get to know that even as we are in the promised land it is God that has given us this um, ability or he has given us the joy and the ecstasy that we have and we owe him that reverence and we have to always remember that it is by his ability and it is by his grace that we have gotten to a promised land so the promised land is supposed to give us that scar so that anytime we, we look at that scar we remember that it is God that has brought us to the promised land and then the last scripture I want us to look at is in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 So he says for God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love which he have showed towards his name in that he have ministered to the saints and do minister. Yeah and the key point I want us to look at is the very beginning statement. He says for God is not unrighteous to forget. So there is one attribute of God that God does not forget a labor of love. So when we also tend to forget the things that God has done for us or the things that our fellow men do for us, then we are trying to become unrighteous. Because scripture is saying that God is not unrighteous to forget. Yeah, and it's, it's very common with us as human beings. Somebody can help somebody and it will be a very pivotal or play a very pivotal role in the upbringing of a person. But the person gets to a very important position and then it looks as if he, he doesn't know the person who helped him and it's it's a very sad situation so god takes us to the wilderness so that when we get to the promised land we do not forget that it was him and we have a lot of examples in the scripture when you look at the life of solomon yeah after he had been able to gain the wisdom that god had given to me later entered into idolatry yeah which was very sad and look at the life of king Saul as well yeah a man who was a coward and god had helped him to become the first king of israel but then he ended up messing up because of forgetfulness yeah so god is making us or he passes us through the wilderness so that when we get to the promised land or when we get to that 
throne, we do not forget that he is the one that installed us as kings. Yeah, so I just want to end by saying that God wants us to mature as Christians. And God does this through taking us through the wilderness. And even though the wilderness is a season in our life, we have to know that we are going to go through the wilderness till we check out of this world. Yeah, so your wilderness can be a test of wealth. So God might test you with wealth. Just might be a test of patience or a test of time. So you might be waiting for God for something. And God will test you to see what is in your heart. And God is doing all these things so that you can mature and become his son. All right, so God blessed us all. And I would like to end here and allow my colleagues to come in. Thank you very much. Amen. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. Why? In the wilderness. And we just want to spend some time in prayer. We know that upon the hundreds of thousands of people that left Egypt, only two passed the exams in the wilderness. But thank God for the Bible. The Bible is like past questions. So the Bible has given us the questions that the wilderness would ask us and has even provided for us the answer. We want to just spend some time in prayer asking God for strength. It's not about those that left Egypt, but it's about those who would enter the promised land. It's not about those that begin the race, it's about those that end the race. It's not about those that start, but about those that finish. We want to pray for grace. The Bible says that he that endures to the end, it is him that shall be saved. It's not about leaving Egypt, it's about entering the promised land. Many die in the wilderness, and many of us are losing hope. Many of us are failing in the wilderness. But we are praying for strength, we are praying for grace. That Father, even as we navigate the wilderness, we pray that we will pass the exams of the wilderness. We pray that we would excel in the exams of the wilderness. We pray that we would not be like the Israelites. We do not learn the lessons of the wilderness. Despite all the things you have done, despite all the provisions you have made available, Father, we pray that we will be able to recognize, just like Joseph, who said that you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God preserved me. In fact, God sent me ahead for the wilderness that we might be going to. God is preparing us for be a deliverance, to be that channel of blessing to our generation, to our scope, to our Jerusalem. We are praying that God grant us the grace, grant us the strength, grant us the needed wisdom to navigate ourselves in this wilderness. Grant us that excellence to, to pass the test of the wilderness. We might pass the test of learning how to depend on you. We might pass the test of having a contrite and a broken heart. And we might pass the test of humility. We might pass the test of remembrance. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we will be counted among the two that enter the promised land. We will be counted among the two that will enjoy the good, the promise, the prophecy that you gave to Abraham. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. God bless you for being with us. And we encourage you to keep listening to other people to join us, even as we continue our perusal on For Your Safety. Next week, we'll be looking at another episode. Remember to give God your best and to make sure that the only thing you owe any man in the month of April and beyond is love. Bye-bye. Bye. My soul longs for you. This heart beats for you.